You're not allowed to have more than one child. No, wait, you have to have three children. I'm Scott Ott with Bill Whittle and Stephen Green, and this episode of Right Angle is brought to you by the members at BillWhittle.com. And gentlemen, back in about 2016, China dropped its one-child policy, and now they've got a problem of a different nature. It seems that India has just bypassed China as the most populous nation in the world, and Chinese births went from about 18 million a year in 2016 when they dropped that uh, one-child policy to below 10 million a year now. A drop wow, of 46% yeah. according to the Wall Street Journal. Uh, even during the starvation years in the 1960s, uh, China's population was half of what it is now, but births never fell below 10 million a year. And now they are below that. So the Chinese government is now, they're not requiring, but they are trying to encourage people to have three children. Um, Stephen Green, I thought that this was an interesting illustration of the power of government to do good, don't you? <laughs> well, government has the power to do do. Um, <laughs> I came up with this analogy years and years ago uh, uh, when we were on the, the, the together on the old network, the previous network. Um, and that is government intervention. And I was talking about the economy, and this was during the Obama years when, we're, oh, we're going to cut interest rates, we're going to stimulate the economy with the, the free money, we're going to do all this stuff. And I said government intervention is like that game you used to play when we were kids, or at least I did, where you take the baseball bat and you put the bottom end of the bat, the butt end of the bat, on the palm of your hand. And, and you try and balance, balance it upright. It. And, mm -hmm. and just because of the nature of of, of gravity and human reflexes and all the rest when the top of the back goes this way and you you scooch under to, to compensate to keep it to keep balanced to keep it upright you're going to overcompensate just a little bit so the next time the bat moves it's going to go this way and it's going to go a little bit further so when you scooch mm -hmm. back under to compensate you're going to go a little bit further and you and the bat are going to start oscillating more and more wildly until finally the bat falls down and hopefully it doesn't hit you on the head. That is government intervention in anything in a nutshell, except That's the bat good. always hits you on the head when it's government. And this is what uh, China is discovering. Um, we discovered that uh, uh, Western countries have discovered that uh, wealth leads to fewer children and I think the real reason is it isn't because we're, we're richer and don't need to have as many kids but we did things like we could afford to have Social Security which is really uh, they call it a contract between the generations when they sold when FDR was selling it in, in the 1930s but really what Social Security has been is a cleave between the generations because uh, grandma and grandpa no longer have to depend on a passel of, of children to take care of them in their own age so one or two kids is is fine the society will pay for it Never mind the fact that society isn't having enough kids to pay for it. Um, and we, we grew rich enough that uh, we got off the farm where you didn't need all the, all the labor. And so between wealth and the, the social safety net, uh, Western societies are just are, and wealthy societies like South Korea and Japan, which might as well call them Western, are just having fewer and fewer kids. Birth rates have, have plummeted. Uh, Spain and South Korea, I believe, have the lowest birth rates in the world. Uh, and in a generation or two, there are going to be half as many Spaniards and half as many South Koreans. And I think they're wonderful people, and that's just a damn shame. Um, but we did that to ourselves, free peoples. In China's case, it was, oh, we're never going to feed all these people. 
Hmm. Let's have a one-child policy, and that led to all sorts of uh, uh, overcompensations, like with the baseball bat, uh, with uh, with with male children being more prized than female children. He had a lot more abortions of female babies. So, uh, in addition to the legal pressure on on the number of children, in the next generation, you had genetic pressure to have fewer children because there weren't enough women to go around for all the men uh, and this 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 builds on itself well now uh, China has become accustomed to this there are there are social expectations kind of built in that you're only going to have one baby so when China repealed the law in 2016 people didn't suddenly go oh thank goodness we can finally have all the babies no they knew growing up that uh, hey I grew up as the the only child and all my friends were only children and nobody I knew had any answer uncles uh, this is this is normal. This is expected. Um, what's going to be really interesting is if Beijing decides to do some sort of mandated breeding program. Um, I wouldn't put it past them. It'd be pretty ugly. Well, it's, Bill, it's interesting when you read this story. Um, you got to wonder. I, I guess that maybe the P- Chinese government officials don't have a finely tuned sense of humor. Um, but I'm just, you know, just every paragraph <laughs> of, of this story uh, in the Wall Street Journal. Uh, it said at the center of the effort to increase uh, childbirth uh, is a, the government-backed Family Planning Association. Now, the Family Planning Association was originally organized in 1980 to enforce the one-child policy. So this is just a great illustration of how once you create a government agency, no matter what happens, Mm. that government agency will not go away. So this agency was set up to actually keep people from having babies, and now their mission is to make people have more babies. And so there's the guy who's in charge of uh, this agency who's been leading it for years. Um, He was a staunch defender of the birth restrictions. And now he says that basically we need to find ways to nurture the ideas of marriage and childbearing, which apparently have fallen out of fashion there as well. And uh, but if we can't do that, it will be very difficult to improve fertility. Um, This this guy's name is Wang pay on the Communist Party chief whose job it is now to do exactly the opposite of what he was doing before. Um, Bill, I think sometimes when people look at uh, communism, and, and frankly, people on the right like us have made this argument before. They're always like, uh, you know, every time communism has been tried, it led to, to death on a massive scale. But sometimes I wonder maybe if a more effective argument might center around something like this. Like, it's not the only problem that it leads to death. It's it's the a degree of control. And there are Chinese citizens now who are going, hey, it costs me so much to raise my one child. How could I ever possibly raise three children? And now I need more government money. Are they going to subsidize us to have these additional children? Um, do you think there's a more effective argument to be made on behalf of, of free freedom and, and free markets uh, without going full, you know, uh, communist revolution, millions of people die. I'd like to first comment on the on the uh, the cosmic beauty of the guy who's responsible for enforcing 
Chinese uh, birth rate's name is Wang Pion. <laughs> I, I find that it's about as perfect a title as you possibly have ever had for a government uh, worker. I think I think that just alone that I mentioned his name. That alone, yes. We, well, according to Wang Pion, we're not allowed to um, to to uh, have some more kids. It's just it's perfect. Um, well, what it does for me, Scott, is it further reinforces my unshakable belief in the in the. Uh, infallible accuracy of long-term predictions on the part of social scientists. That's right. uh, I was listening to a remarkable report by Epoch's Times, one of the few group of journalists left in the world, and um, it was uh, a list of the 31 climate predictions that have gotten that they've gotten wrong in the last 30 years or something because everybody's convinced the world's about to end. And obviously, most of you know that during most of the 70s, uh, it was going to be the global, the coming global ice age that we all had to be completely terrified mm -hmm. about. And he pointed out that Time Magazine went from, a, oh, sorry, the New York Times went from an article warning about the upcoming uh, global ice age to the upcoming global uh, flood due to melting ice yeah. in one year. Yeah. In one Shameless. year. Right. Now, Elon Musk, who is... Uh, rather extraordinary guy has been making the case uh, for the last several months if not longer that we have a population problem in this country and it's not that we have too many people so we don't have enough people that that we are going to be facing a significant deficit of of humans uh, which of course is blasphemy to people who've grown up believing guys like you know Ehrlichman and you know Silent Spring and the population bomb and the Malthusian this and the Malthusian that. Uh, all my life I was told, yo, no, no, if we, you know the population is unsustainable and everybody's going to starve, it's going to be worldwide famines and you know. The, the, and, and guess what? We just got smarter and guys like Norman Borlaug come along and save eight, not just save eight billion lives cr allow the creation of tens of, of billions of people just because this one agronomist decided i'm not gonna he wasn't doing dna sequencing he just bred wheat that was more uh pest resistant and was more um it didn't require as much water or fertilizer he fed the world you know so that 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 personally is my takeaway on it uh scott is that is that anytime this is why steve's example analogy is perfect Anytime there's a problem, the government will react and then overreact, and that overreaction will cause everything to go in the other direction. China had a, a problem in throughout the 60s and 70s with not having enough food, and they realized that given their birth rate at the time, if this continues, we're going to have... Um, we're just gonna just not gonna have enough food. So they mandated the one-child policy, which has been in effect for at least a generation, and now they're saying, oops, in other words, the government is too stupid to to fine tune a policy as the situation evolves, right? It's either it's binary for them. It's either on or off. We must reduce the population. Well, the population's coming down. We'll continue to reduce the population. Now we're really running low on people. Really? Well, then increase the population. There, there's never any um, adjustment. There's no midterm adjustment. So. Um, you see this with global warming and everything else. It, it is the job. The more the more I see about life, and especially since 2020, the more I come to realize that. And, and Evan Sayup had an incredible little poem on this. That my entire life I've been told to be mortally afraid of something that was going to end life as we know it. 
And if it wasn't global warming, it was global cooling, or it was the hole in the ozone layer, it was acid rain, or it was killer bees, or it was anything. There's always something just around the corner that's going to kill all of us if we only don't get the government to take more money from us to do uh, more things to reduce our freedom. And all of these things, which were potential problems, you know, I mean, the ozone hole and stuff like that, that's a problem. But the one thing that nobody seems to take into account in the case of at least climate is how quickly the earth adjusts, how quickly it, 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 it rejuvenates. I was told I would never see a bald eagle in the wild. I was told I'd never see a blue whale in the wild when I was a boy. Well, guess what? They're, or a buffalo for that matter. Nature recovers and, and, and we, we, we tinker with biology at our peril is probably the lesson I'm going to take away from this. Hey, uh, Scott, can I throw in just a, a little public service message before you, uh, before you sure. conclude? I, I, I should have said this earlier. My apologies. I would never do anything to help a communist government like the one that Chinese are currently stuck with on the mainland. But for uh, population-deficient countries like, uh, like Italy, Spain, South Korea, if there are women there who are interested in having more babies for travel expenses and a small stud fee, I am available. And uh, you can contact me through the website. Yeah, they could contact you through your wife. Um, the, uh, by the way, uh, in terms of the tinkering with the biology, uh, it, it probably should be said somewhere in here that if you have a population like China does, which I think is fifty-seven percent female or something now, it's it's it's, it's male. That's wildly out of balance, right? I'm sorry, fifty yeah. percent male, right? You're going to end up with a lot of excess males, and these excess males are going to want to they're going to want to do something, and so. It makes a country like China much more willing to get involved militarily in things and go to war because they have an excess male population. Most of World War One was there was an excess population period. They could afford to have a war that just you just ground people up, sixteen thousand men killed in the first fifteen minutes on the Somme. Well, they had they, they had an overpopulation problem. It makes you a little bit more adventurous than you should be. And that's another thing we should be concerned about in this kind of case. Well, there are so many factors uh, related to this, and I think I run the risk of when you start to go into all the reasons why these kinds of policies are a bad idea, uh, you wind up getting into the weeds and the minutia uh, as if it were a discussion about policy preferences. But it's really a much broader discussion, and I forget who it was that said this, but basically, um, no one is uh, is as smart as everyone. No, no one individual is as smart as all of us, uh, taken in the aggregate. And uh, you know, in my mind, I have this picture of a bunch of people standing on kind of a teetering surface, and uh, each time they move, it affects the balance of everybody else. And if somebody who's not on that teetering surface started telling people how to move, uh, you would quickly have chaos, and the, the, the board would tilt, and people would fall down and fall on top of each other and stuff. But if you just leave the people alone, they will readjust themselves naturally to what's happening underneath because they can feel the fine gradations of difference that won't be visible to a person standing on the outside until it's too Absolutely. late. And so, you know, the reason why China had a problem feeding its population was not because the land had suddenly become barren. Uh, it was because of government. It's the reason why the Soviet Union had a hard time feeding their population. It's the reason why any country that has tried to control agriculture has a hard time feeding their people. If you let people feed themselves, 
they have a tendency to find ways to get food. If you let people decide how many children they need, you'll find that in times when the value of child labor is enhanced, people will have more children. When the, In times when the value of child labor is minimized, they will have fewer children, but it will kind of ebb and flow a little bit, and there'll be other reasons why people want to engage in having children, like they have enough prosperity in order to be able to afford to do that. So all of this comes down to one major issue, which is that there's nobody, no matter how smart you think he is, no matter how well-educated she is, no matter how confident and charismatic that this person seems to be to lead a country into the glorious future, no one is as smart as everyone. And anybody who tells you differently is not only selling something, but is going to swing back and forth between telling you you can't have babies to telling you you must have babies. And that just never works in any way. And it's just a picture. This is a snapshot of what it means to hand over authority over your life to a remote control entity that is run by people whose interests are not the same as your interests and to let them make decisions for you. So as much as my friends on the left or in the Democratic Party say, hey, we government is what we do together, it isn't. It is not what we do together. It is what a few people do to us. And the more you minimize what a few people can do to you, the more we can do together on our own without being commanded to do these things. So get out there and have some reproductive joy today and raise a glass to the People's Republic of China. For Bill Whittle and Stephen Green, I'm Scott Ott. Thanks to the members at BillWhittle.com for making Right Angle possible.